This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey everybody, what's up and welcome into Best on the Board. Michael Beller and Andrew DeWitt here with you. It is Monday, October 4th, and if it's Monday, that means we're looking ahead to the next week in the NFL, talking early week five lines, and going to have a little bit of a baseball bonus for you as well at the end of the show with the MLB postseason kicking off on Tuesday. DeWitt, how you doing today, my friend? Uh, doing well. Went 2-0 on my picks last week. Hope to keep that going. Got a win streak of four going here, so let's uh, keep it going this week. And there's already been p- plenty of line movement in the NFL that I've been tracking over the yeah, last 24 ahead. hours. So let's see how it shakes out this week. Yeah, there really has been some things that if we recorded this, uh, what let's say maybe 12 hours ago, 14 hours ago, we would maybe be on different picks because there were some interesting ones that came out a little bit lower than where we see them right now. The Cardinals jumping out at me as uh, one that has already moved for week five, but with where they are now, we're not necessarily going to talk about them on the line against the uh, the 49ers, but maybe something else from that game jumping out at us. Let's look back at last week really quick. As you said, another 2-0 week for you. Very, very nice work. Ravens plus 1.5 against the Broncos, and Browns minus 1 against the Vikings. Those are your two picks. Those both came through with flying colors. Right now, I am 0-1. I submitted these picks. I was out last week, but uh, definitely wanted to keep myself active. So uh, the one I lost, Baltimore-Denver over. 45 and a half. That one did not come through. I also had a pick on the Monday night game, which we're still waiting on as you and I record this. Chargers minus three is where I was locked in. So hopefully I can even things up at one and one. You are now sitting at five and one in the season. I am at two and three. Let's get to those early week five lines. Your first play on those early lines. What do you got for us here? I'm going to take the Panthers minus three and a half against the Eagles. Um, I think we need to, and we're going to talk about this in this next game coming up here in a little bit. But we need to like acknowledge how good the Dallas Cowboys are as a football team. Yes. And I think that I watched a lot of that game yesterday, kind of flipping back and forth on red zone. And it just seemed like the, the Cowboys are just one of the best teams in the NFL right now, especially on offense. Their defense is doing just good enough to get like they get one or two stops and their offense just gets the ball back and just goes and scores again. You know, it's the two headed running back system is doing really, really well for the Cowboys. I mean, I just don't see and Dak Prescott like Remember week one, we were talking about how we were worried about that shoulder injury he had in the preseason and his ankle injury. He seems like he's making smart decisions, running the ball, staying healthy. Just, you know, he's just matured, I think, a lot in the last 12 months from that injury. And so I just see that. And, and so the reason I'm taking the Panthers is just an overreaction kind of to this week. I could see betters being like, Oh, they just got blown out by the Cowboys last week. And I just think the Panthers are going to bounce back right here. Um, you know, it's just, 
The Eagles just came off a loss to the Chiefs in which their offense did pretty well against a bad Chiefs defense. But the Eagles have a ton of injury issues on the offensive line. Four of their five starters are out right now. Uh, they were out against the Chiefs, and then I think one starter will come back against the Panthers. But I just see the Panthers being one of those really good teams that should be able to um, cover this spread against the Eagles. And I, that's just kind of where I'm at right now. I just see the Panthers being a really good football team despite their loss to the Cowboys last week. Yeah, you know, I think they're a good football team too, and one that um, one that should be taken very seriously as a playoff contender. And so I, I see this as one where you know the Eagles need to prove it to us a little bit more before they are considered this close with a team that has proved it to us to a certain extent this season. And it almost feels like the Eagles are still sort of living off that Week One trouncing of the Falcons, right? A game they won thirty-two to six and. I don't know if they've done anything to impress us uh, since then to the point that we think that they should hang with a team that has impressed us. So this is not a play for me, but it is one that I can get behind in the Panthers minus three and a half at home against the Eagles. I am looking at those Dallas Cowboys, <clears throat> excuse me, for my first play this week. And I'm totally with you, uh, DeWitt. I think this is a team that uh, needs to be taken seriously as a very good team, as comfortably the best team in the NFC East, and as a something of a Super Bowl contender, at least putting themselves in the discussion to be considered a potential contender with what they've done this season. And here's something else they've done this season. Covered the spread in every single game that they've played this year. Uh, all four games, they are 4-0 ATS uh, so far this season. So that is uh, something we like to look for uh, when we are thinking about backing a team against the spread. And I look at them laying seven against the Giants, and I just wonder where the Giants stop them from covering that. I, just, I, I don't think that the Giants have enough defensively to keep the, the Cowboys from scoring 31 or 34 points in this game. I, I really think that that's ultimately where this gets to for the Cowboys. They have looked really strong on that side of the ball. And, you know, Dak Prescott has made very good use of all of his weapons in this offense already this season with what we've seen from Amari Cooper. I mean, you know, they had the game they had yesterday, 36 points, and CeeDee Lamb had two catches. I mean, this is a really, really dangerous offense. And you like what Tony Pollard adds to the mix as well. Dalton Schultz emerging as a real tight end weapon for them. I just don't see where the Giants slow them down. And so, you know, you look at what the Giants have done this year, an impressive performance uh, in week two against Washington in a game they lost. Really nice comeback victory against the Saints, but the Saints aren't, the, the Cowboys are not going to let the Giants hang around in the same manner that the Saints did. That is a Saints team that they too, I think, still living on what they did week one against the Packers, which feels like an anomalous performance from the Packers at this point. And they're just getting a little bit more credit for that one, I think, than they deserve. And they're not going to let the Giants hang around. The Cowboys aren't in the same way that the Saints did. The Saints had opportunities to put that game away, and they just don't have what it takes offensively, uh, either in terms of firepower or in terms of efficiency, to bury a team like the Giants when they had the opportunity to do so. That's not going to be the case with the Dallas Cowboys. And so I think they ultimately end up winning this one relatively comfortably. I would expect to see it cross that seven. Right now it's sitting at the seven. I'm very happy with it there. I would expect to see that get up closer to eight, eight and a half by the time this one actually kicks off next weekend. Yeah, I was just I just checked the futures odds on BetMGM just because you mentioned how good the Cowboys have looked and they're they're three and one. They're one Tom Brady last second drive and a field goal away from being undefeated. Yeah. They're sixteen to one to win the Super Bowl right now. I mean so I'm looking at the NFC. The Bucks obviously are up there, and then you have the Rams at nine to one, and then you have the Cardinals at fourteen to one, and the Packers at twelve to one. So you know the the Cowboys are still sitting back there 
kind of by themselves. They're probably going to win the division. I don't see a lot of threats in that division coming out there mm-hmm. to win the division. So they should have that home playoff game to start off. And, you know, they may they may be able to grab the bye because the NFC East is so weak that they may be able to go undefeated in that division. So um, just kind of thinking out loud about some future bets there that we might want to look at this week. Yeah, it's something definitely to uh, to reconsider. Now that we have, you know, right, like we've got four games from every single team. And after this week, we're going to have five. Or we don't have buys till week six of this NFL season. So, you know, we've got a something of a handle, I think, on what all 32 teams in the NFL are. And I think the Cowboys are one that we definitely should be taking seriously as a real contender to go deep into the playoffs. And definitely as one that should be uh, considered, I think, at plus EV when you're looking at them laying seven at home against a Giants team that has looked well against some middling competition this season, but not really one that we expect to be able to punch up into the uh, Cowboys area of things. Uh, On this same game, let's take a look at the the total in this one. It's 51.5, and and this is one that has taken a little bit of uh, some movement since it first came out, and this was something you were on when you and I were first uh, batting these back and forth last night before it had jumped up to 51.5, but you still like it going over that number, even though it's moved up, what, two points, one and a half points? Yeah, it's moved up two points, and I saw this, I was... Typing out the spread for my day, my day job at the athletic, you know, posting all the spreads <laughs> on our website, keeping an eye on these things as part of our like sports betting coverage. And I noticed that immediately. And, and 49 and a half is a little bit over what the average totals have been coming out this year. But then, I mean, this is Giants Dallas. The Giants actually put up some pretty good points yesterday on the Saints defense, which I picked them up just in fantasy football just because I thought they were going to be able to stop the Giants. And maybe the Giants are starting to take some leaps on offensive side of the ball. Daniel Jones getting some weapons. So I just think, you know, I'm a little bit more scared just because I hate when I get a bet in at 49 and a half, which I did last night. And then now it's at 51 and a half. I, it always makes me a little bit scared because you always want to get yeah. the best number possible. But I think this game is going to go over and, I just see a lot of points between these two teams. We've really talked about a lot about these two teams already. And, you know, I just think Dak Prescott is not going to have any issues with this Giants defense. And I think, you know, we can see a scenario where they get up kind of two scores. Daniel Jones starts flying the ball around a little bit. Dallas takes it easy, goes a little bit of soft defense. They get, you know, they're up three point three scores. And then they kind of, the Giants might score a couple scores at the end of the game type of thing. So I just see this going over, but like you, I kind of leaning leading towards the Cowboys on the spread as well. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to have to do the heavy lifting in that, but uh, it does it, it's just it, it smarts a little bit knowing that uh, you at least you at least you your wallet is on the 49 and a half and just your pride here on the on best on the board is on the 51 and a half because uh, it does it, it's hard to want to get back in on something that has moved so significantly and maybe that's the right number now, right? Maybe 49 and a half was soft and 51 and a half is the right number. And you can still think it's going to go over that, but it's not necessarily the slam dunk play that you felt it was when you made that, what, 14, 15 hours ago. So uh, one will be keeping track of for sure. And maybe ends up moving even a little farther uh, with it sitting at 51 and a half right now. For my second play, I'm also going to go to a total. It is in that Cardinals 49ers game that I referenced, and right now that is sitting at 50 and a half, and I am going to go over here. And here's what we're looking at with the Arizona Cardinals so far. 
this season. 38 points against Tennessee in Week 1, 34 against Minnesota in Week 2, 31 against Jacksonville in Week 3, 37 against the Rams in Week 4. So really that anomalous Jacksonville game where they did need some defensive uh, help to get to uh, 31 points is the one outlier. Otherwise, this offense just clicking on all cylinders. And even in the second half against Jacksonville, they really got going on the offensive side of the ball. I think we should go into every Arizona game assuming that they're getting to 31. Just making that as a blanket assumption. I want someone to prove it to me first that they're not going to get them there before I stay away from backing Arizona to get that. So then on the other side, can the 49ers get to 20? And it's just the environment that Arizona's offense creates that makes me think, yes, this is a team that plays fast. And it's a team that doesn't really care if it gives if the pace it plays lets the other team get to 20 or 21 points because they're so confident that they're getting to 31 or 34 or 37. I mean, look what they're doing. Look what they did against the Rams yesterday, scoring 37 points on the road against that Rams team. Kyler Murray uh, just looking great yet again, throwing for 8.4 yards per attempt, 268 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And he did it without really making a huge impact on the ground, at least in terms of moving the ball. And that's been the case for Murray really in every game this season. He had run for a touchdown in each of the team's first three games, but just five carries for 20 yards in week one, five for 31 in week two, seven for 19 in week three, and then six for 39 in week four. It's not the uh, Kyler Murray running the ball 10 times for 80 yards this year the way it was last year. We're really seeing him make those strides as a passer, and that is rounding out this offense and making it one that, yeah, I think we could sit back and say right now that maybe the most dangerous in the NFL as it stands at this point of the season. A 4-0 team with some really impressive wins in hand in that division, and this is another important game in that division. I just think that it gets over that number because – of the pace that Arizona plays at and the efficiency that its offense plays at. I think that every Arizona game, I think we should be treating Arizona games like they're Kansas City games, where we're auto-defaulting to the over until it gets up to 52, 53, 54 and a half, something like that. I don't disagree with you. And this is one game last night that this is another one that stood out. Like you mentioned the spread. The Cardinals open as minus three and a half point favorites in this game. And that has been bet up to minus six right now. So when we're talking about on this podcast how you need to look at the lines early and you need to, you know, be grabbing these games, like that's a perfect example of I bet the Cardinals at three and a half last night. And now I could go on the other side and bet back if I wanted to, mm-hmm. if I'm worried about it, if there's an injury that comes out or there, you know, I basically have a hedge locked in for the week if I need to. But at the same time, I'm getting two and a half points of value on the spread right now. I could see that probably coming down to five and a half. But at the same time, it's just. This is the importance of getting on these lines super early in the week and why we, you know, when we were talking about developing this podcast, this is something that you and I both circled that, you know, we want to make sure that people are betting early in the week because that's where the value is. By Sunday, there's no value in these lines whatsoever, so... Yeah, the uh, water always finds its level by Sunday, and you can still be right on Sunday, but it's a whole lot harder to be right on Sunday than it is the previous Sunday or the previous Monday if you find something that's soft. And that three and a half, I mean, you sent it to me. I was like I said, I was I was traveling home, and so I wasn't able to jump on these as early as I would have liked. And so three and a half, like who who is liking San Francisco at three and a half right now? And the answer appears to be literally no one, considering that it is up to six. But the pick for the pod on the record is that this game goes over the 50 and a half. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, DeWitt, let's veer out of football for a second and actually bring baseball onto best on the board for the first time this season. MLB playoffs kick off tomorrow with the Yankees and Red Sox in a wild card game, Cardinals and Dodgers the day after that, and then the division series underway on Thursday, so the MLB postseason kicking off. Let's just give one play a piece, one futures play a piece for the next month in the uh, MLB postseason. What do you got here for us? I like the Rays plus 650 to win the World Series. I'll go ahead and say it. Like, I don't understand why the Dodgers are at four to one because <laughs> they have to play in a wild card game on Wednesday. Right. Um, you know, this is just, that's a one game playoff. That's a coin toss in baseball. Every game, every baseball game feels like it's a coin toss. I just think the Rays are a really good value and I just don't think they're getting a lot of bets on them strictly because they're not a very popular team, you know, and they're just a team that flies under the radar. And then, holy crap, you're like, remember last year during the playoffs, everyone's like, who's it? Randy Rosarena? Like, what? How do I say his name? And now, you know, he's a household name because of what he did during the playoffs. I just think they have some really good talent. They added Wander Franco, who was the best prospect in baseball, has that incredible on-base streak going still. And then, you know, a pitcher like Shane McClanahan is someone who I think can really carry them in the playoffs have that kind of ace type playcher who will get them deeper in the games, even though they typically pull their starters early as we learned from the world series last year. But I just think this team is poised to win. Um, I just, they're just a great team top to bottom throughout their lineup, play great defense, have good bullpen. They just have all the ingredients to win. And they, you know, they're like the fifth ranked team in the, when you're looking at the odds going down the board. So I just think they should be a little bit higher. So they're, they're my best value to win. Even if I think the Dodgers are probably still the most talented team top to bottom. Strange that they're sitting at plus six fifty to to win the World Series. It's the fourth best. Uh, it's the fourth best sides. You got the Dodgers at plus four hundred, the the Astros at plus four seventy five, the Giants at plus six hundred, and then the Rays at plus six fifty. The Dodgers, Giants, and Rays are your hundred win teams this season. And the Dodgers and Giants, assuming the Dodgers do get past the Cardinals in the NL Wild Card game, are going to play each other in the NLDS. So you're talking about one of those 106 win teams getting eliminated in the NL division series. And then so I guess that you know that said you know potentially one of them gets eliminated before that if the Cardinals pull off an upset and knock off the Dodgers. And so it it just feels it feels a little off uh, that the Rays are down at plus 650. Not way behind the Giants at plus 600, but it feels off that you know if we assume that the Dodgers get through the, uh, the 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 wild card game and they're going up against the Giants like that is a much tougher matchup on paper than what the uh, Rays are going to be dealing with depending on who wins the Red Sox and Yankees AL wild card one so it just the the number feels a little bit off which attracts me to it a little bit but uh, I'm going to stay away from that I'm also going to stay away from anyone involved in wild card games because. It's a wild card game. It's like you said. It's ba- every every baseball game feels like a coin flip. Maybe a slightly weighted coin flip, but a coin flip nonetheless. And so, even though like there's something tempting about grabbing the Yankees at plus twelve hundred, because if they go on and beat the Red Sox, that number is going to obviously zoom way down. There's something tempting about that for sure. 
I just can't do it. I can't tie up money in what could be totally dead after literally one baseball game. The fact that the Dodgers are plus 400 to win the World Series just feels crazy considering they have to get through that wild card game. So staying away from that, I'll make a case for the White Sox at plus 700 to win the World Series. This is a team that effectively hasn't been at full strength really at any point this season. When you think about the Aloy Jimenez injury way back in spring training, Luis Robert getting hurt very early on in the season, this team hasn't been at full strength really until late in the year, until both those guys were back. And then, of course, you had toward the end of the year, you had uh, Lucas Giolito on the aisle for a little while. You had Carlos Rodon go on the aisle for a little while. You had Lance Lynn go on the aisle for a little while. Like The White Sox are arguably at the healthiest they've been all season right now going into the playoffs and you look at Lynn Giolito, Rodon, and Cease that is not a bad top four to deal with what they're going to have to deal with uh, in the ALDS against the Astros a very strong bullpen in adding uh, Craig Kimbrell and Ryan Tapera at the uh, trade deadline to go with Liam Hendricks and Aaron Bummer and Michael Kopech like they can do a lot of interesting things with their pitching staff and then a top six of the order, Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal, Aloy Jimenez, Yuan Moncada, like, that's going to be scary. The bottom third leaves a little bit to be desired, but might not need to bring too much to the table when you're talking about those guys and the pitching staff from front to back. So at plus 700, I will say this has a lot to do with the number, because if I was just filling out a bracket NCAA tournament style, I'd probably pick the Astros to beat the White Sox. But at plus 700, I do think there is some value in a team that can definitely get hot really in every single facet of the game. I'll go with the White Sox at plus 700. Do you think that's crazy? I don't think that's crazy at all. I mean, I, I, I see, like you said, if you're filling out a bracket, you're probably not going to put the White Sox going all the way to the World Series and winning. Mm. But at the same time, we're looking at relative odds to the – the odds should be relative to what we think the percentages chance of them winning that thing is. And that's when you're looking at this and going, okay, the White Sox are good value at 7-1 to one, – postseason going into the playoffs they're healthy they have some momentum so i can see why that's a good value and that's you know when we're looking at betting that's what we have to look at is it's not who do we think is going to win it's it's relative value to the odds that are being presented to us and that's the next step that we always want to take these are these are really good numbers uh, across the board from BetMGM. Just with where you see the Astros sitting at plus four seventy five, the Rays at six fifty, the White Sox at seven hundred. You know, it's like these are. There's I don't think there's a lot of leeway to be found for the better here. So you are going to have to trust what you're doing a little bit. Some part of me wanted to think about the Brewers at plus eight hundred because of the Woodruff, Burns, Peralta top three and what they can do with their bullpen. Really uh, am uh, scared of that offense. Really uh, think that that offense could go south, especially if they get past Atlanta and then are facing one of those NL West teams in the NLCS. So that was one that I thought about for a second but stayed away from. Maybe we'll get ourselves a White Sox raise uh, uh, ALCS, uh, DeWitt, and then we can uh, have our two picks go head-to-head there. That would be uh, something fun to talk about on Best on the Board for sure. And that's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Still get 50% off if you go to theathletic.com slash best. Gets you 50% off a subscription for your first year to The Athletic. Uh, for Andrew DeWitt, I am Michael Beller. Best on the Board returns on Thursday when we turn our eye once again to the college football scene. Until then, enjoy the Monday night game. Good luck with those early bets. We'll talk to you all soon.